All right, let's be real. What has been the hardest thing about your pregnancy and postpartum journey? Is it the postpartum painful sex that nobody talks about? What are you supposed to do with that? Is it the fact that you might have torn during delivery and you have no idea how to heal now that you're in postpartum? Welcome to the Onus Podcast, where we bring on mothers, parents, and pregnant postpartum individuals to talk about their journey and their experiences to give that knowledge back to people that need it. And we are also attached to the OnusCollaborative.com, which is a free online educational directory where we help moms and parents connect to maternity care providers in their local area. We are here to give the power back to you guys so you have the choice in your journey. We'll have space for midwives, doulas, pelvic floor PTs, massage therapist. And as we continue expanding, we hope that we can support you. All right. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome back to the Onus Podcast. My name is Erin and I am your host and the founder of the Onus Collaborative. This week we have a very interesting and just super thankful for this podcast with Adeline. She is based out of the Newcastle area here in Australia and she is actually going to be talking to us today about her experience with postpartum psychosis which is super rare but something I kept coming across in my research and it just happens that my partner's family was friends with Adeline and we connected that way so I'm super excited to share this episode with you all and I hope you enjoy yeah so my name is Adeline and I've just turned 30 um I live in Newcastle with my partner Christian and our two-year-old daughter Olive I'm a business analyst in the health industry and I'm in my second year of an MBA so just doing it very slowly when I have time Um, and yeah that's about it me and my partner Christian have been together for eight years now we bought a house a few years ago to renovate and then pretty quickly fell pregnant with Olive so that was a nice surprise (laughs) and um, yeah just that's about it yeah and how did you get into wanting to get your master's in business Um, so I've been with my current company for almost 10 years now Um, And I guess I never went to uni before that. I started like an administration job and I just wanted to have something to kind of, I guess, back myself and know that there's something that I could do uni and that I'm, you know, that I'm qualified to do my job um, and do it well. And I find it a really good, doing it now while I'm a mum, I find it a really good like learning curve. Like it's something something different, something that takes me away from being a mum and -hmm. something that I can focus on. Um, apart from that yeah yeah and we actually connected because of Liz do you work with Liz okay. I do work with Liz the the manager of our Newcastle office and I feel very lucky that I've been able to work with Liz for about five years now that's awesome that's so good um and so in your yeah. current job at the moment you're still doing admin stuff um I guess not so much admin stuff it's more analyzing data um, lots of spreadsheets dashboards um bit of budget bit of finance stuff but yeah I've just kind of developed into that role um over the years yeah so good well today we have an exciting discussion um it's really interesting to be able to actually hear someone's experience with this because obviously I see the research on it but I haven't heard anyone's experience so today we're going to be talking about your experience with postpartum psychosis um, yeah. so how about we start off with 
telling us a little bit about your pregnancy journey and did you notice um, any symptoms start when you were pregnant? Not at all when I was pregnant. So like I said, our pregnancy was a surprise. Um, we were actually flew um, due to fly out to Bali that week. And I thought, oh, I better just do a test, just make sure we're all good to go. And it was positive. And I was just shocked. I was just, I had no inkling that I could even be pregnant. So that was just total shock. And then I guess the next day the doctor confirmed it. And then I actually had to tell my family at the airport that we we're having a baby because we we're going on holidays. Um, and yeah, my pregnancy, I feel really lucky. I had minimal morning sickness. Um, I never felt really sick. I felt really comfortable. I guess I've always been a bit of a bigger girl. So I was a bit worried about like my weight increasing even more. Uh, and things like the gestational diabetes but that all came back all clear and yeah the thing I remember is it's probably the most confident I've ever felt like in my body like I felt really comfortable and no kind of signs of any like um like any prenatal depression or anything like that I felt really comfortable um yeah and then I guess that followed into like a really great birth as well. I had a few um, plans that I had for our birth. I wanted it to be kind of as natural as possible. And um, so I ended up going into labor naturally the day after my due date um, and spent a, about six hours at home, just me and Christian kind of getting through it. Uh, eventually went up to the hospital um, got a bit more intense and I wrote down some notes and said that I remember I had a contraction going across the pedestrian crossing to get into the hospital. So I think I scarred a few people there. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the rest of my birth went pretty smoothly. I had, I think, two shots of morphine for the pain and that, that kind of worked for me. Um, I had a student midwife through my pregnancy and birth as well. So we called her and she came up to the room and it was just a really um I don't want to say calm and relaxed birth because I don't think it was but it kind of everything went to plan pretty much like nothing nothing was a real like surprise to us so um it was just me Christian and our student midwife in the room for most of the birth I did, I guess, slow down and I stayed at four centimetres for a little while. So they decided to break my water mm -hmm. um, later that night. So that was about 10 o'clock at night. Um, and then things progressed pretty quickly. And I think by about one o'clock, I was ready to push. And then I didn't really like the gas. Um, so I think I only had a little bit of that and then got rid of it. It wasn't for me. Um, and then, yeah, Olive was born at about 10 to 2 um, that morning. And no, um, I, I guess I had like minimal tearing, no, yeah, no kind of, I guess, dramas in terms of pregnancy or um, birth. Amazing. And then, so when, after you gave birth, how long were you in hospital or how long was it till you went home? Yeah, so I gave birth at two o'clock in the morning and I stayed in the birthing room for I'm not sure maybe a couple of hours maybe and then I went down to a ward 
um, I was in a public hospital, so I got put on a public ward. So I was in one, there were four women um, in our room. Uh, and then I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to be around other people. Like I just felt like I had a great birth. Let's just like, let's go home. I don't want to be here with other people, you know, playing music and <laughs> things like that. I felt really comfortable to go home. So <clears throat> I went home that afternoon pretty quickly. Um, and then, yeah, got home and I remember that night I was very agitated. I didn't sleep, but which I guess is not uncommon for many new mums, not sleeping and being a bit agitated, but I feel like my worries weren't about Olive. I didn't seem too concerned about Olive. Like I asked Christian and he said, yep, like Olive slept throughout the night. You just like every time you try to fall asleep, you just kind of wake yourself up. Mm. Just being very, very scared, but not scared about Olive, just scared myself. Yeah. Um, and then I <clears throat> I messaged my mum the next morning or she might have messaged me. <clears throat> and I just said, something's not right. Like I just, I couldn't explain it what it was I just knew that I wasn't meant to be home yet yeah. and I think mum came and sat with me and Christian through that day and um I ma I'd managed the olive to latch like she'd feed she'd fed a few times and I don't think she was a particularly grumpy baby I don't think she was crying lots and stressing me out like I'm sure she was crying but not to the point where she wouldn't stop or I just knew something was wrong and I remember mum that night asking me she's like do you need to go back to the hospital and I just said yes mm. I wasn't sure why I needed to go back there I just knew that I knew something was wrong so yeah I came home the day of Olive's birth but I actually went back the next day wow. um, yeah and then I I stayed in hospital from that point onwards for a good few weeks yeah and when you said like those symptoms set in, like it wasn't that you were scared about Olive's health or her safety. Can you explain what yeah. you've been, like what was, I don't know, what was going on in your head? Yeah, so I guess in those first few days, um, it was just like the unknown. Like I just thought, I've read back a few messages to my friends just saying like, it's just, I had no idea it would be like this, like the feeling myself of just so overwhelmed with like like the different obviously the hormones that are going on in your body um I was just totally overwhelmed and couldn't um couldn't relax and then I guess the symptoms progress from there mm -hmm. yeah and so you checked into the hospital so is Olive with your partner and mom at this point Olive came back with me Okay. So me, Christian and mum all went up to the hospital um, and I stayed, I think the, fir the first night I went back there, I actually stayed like up in one of, like near the NICU mm -hmm. um, and got put in like a, a room by myself there with Olive and then I think I was only there one night and then I was put in a private room on the wards with the new mums Um and Olive stayed with me in that room as well. Mm. But I think mum and Christian alternated. So I wasn't left alone 
with Olive, like there was either always mum there yeah. or always Christian there. And Olive was um, with us as well, but sometimes she would go with the nurses to either like give us both a break or um, whatever happened. But I think I just kind of detached a bit from Olive in those first few days. Like I wasn't, I wasn't able to take care of her. I wasn't able to like feed her the way she wanted. I remember I got a bit like um, obsessive about breastfeeding. I said, no, I'll just pump instead. Um, and then, yeah, I think I just started to kind of disconnect a bit. And that's when I guess mum and Christian realised something wasn't quite right. Mm. Okay. And when you went to the hospital, how did you explain it to the people there? Um, Cause I know sometimes like people are with mental health. So how did that go? I know. I know. And I just, I just imagine what the nurses were thinking like, oh, this mum's come back because she can't sleep. And it's like, well, Mm. okay like, that happens, yeah. happens a lot my mum has a nursing background so I think that was really um really helpful but <clears throat> um yeah a few days I guess a few days after I was in hospital I still wasn't sleeping and then I started having like audio and visual hallucinations so I'd be laying in bed talking to mum or talking to Christian and then I'd stop talking to them and talk to the voice that was talking to me. Wow. So as once that started to happen, then I think it was like, okay, something, something bigger is going on here. This isn't like, it's not normal, mm. but, um, and I know a few um, incidences, like I, at one point I got up and, um, I think I walked down the hall or I might've run down the hall um, and things like that. So yeah, some other symptoms I had were, yeah, not sleeping, the audio and visual hallucinations. Um, and yeah, the voices, the voices were telling me not to hurt Olive, mm. but telling me that I was, I was going to. Okay. So I feel like I always knew I never, was going to hurt Olive because I felt quite disconnected to Olive at this point. Mm. Um, so I knew I was never going to hurt her, but then I got worried in myself that I'm going to hurt someone. Mm -hmm. and the only way for me not to hurt anyone was to hurt myself. Okay. And I think that's the point where it was like, we need to, really look into what's going on mm. <clears throat> so I had a few um I had a few like checks I guess like they checked me physically that nothing had happened after the birth um you know that my placenta completely detached and came across properly I ended up having a CT scan to check that for brain tumors to see if something was going on there and I think, yeah, a few days in, it was kind of like, okay, we finally got to the postpartum psychosis okay. um, diagnosis. Um, and yes, yeah, so I ended up not, I ended up at the hospital that I gave birth at for about a week. And I ended up not sleeping for those seven days. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if, if I was to fall asleep, mm. I woke up very quickly agitated and um I just 
it's like I just couldn't turn my brain off to give it a rest anytime because I think at the beginning I kept saying that I'm like I'll just have a sleep and I'll be better I'll just have a sleep and I'll be better um so at that point I got sectioned as a patient so then I wasn't like voluntary anymore Uh, and I got transferred to another hospital close by um, and admitted into the psychiatric intensive care unit and my mum was given guardianship of Olive temporarily temporarily, while I was in there. And when you were hearing the voices, it was it a recognisable voice? No, I... I asked, yeah, I couldn't quite remember if it was male or female, but I think it was a male voice. But I couldn't remember now what it sounded like. Yeah, I remember being, I remember being tired, but not like I wanted, like, it's like, yeah, I just wanted someone, I remember saying, I just want someone to put me to sleep. Mm. Like, just put me to sleep. When all this is done, it'll be fine, which... I guess they were trying to do with different medications and things to finally get me just to have a have a break. Yeah. But I remember laying in bed one night and mum was laying with me trying to get me to sleep and I was just like convulsing, like whether I was so afraid to fall asleep and what might happen. Mm. But yeah, it just wasn't, it's just like nothing I could do could kind of relax me enough to fall asleep. Wow, okay. So now that you're at the other hospital, what's happening there? Because your mom now has guardianship of Olive. So are you not seeing no. Olive at this point as well? I think I was away from Olive for about two weeks. Yeah. So when I went to the other hospital, I guess things got things got worse, mom said. They kind of escalated when I was in the other hospital. So I was in a, it's called PICU, so the Psychiatric Intensive Care Unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an isolation room I was very I guess had a lot of suicidal thoughts very paranoid um, very physical and very aggressive Um, and I guess that got to a point where I actually had to be in leg and arm restraints for about five days five days to a week I think Um, and I don't I don't have any memory of this part, which I feel very thankful for. Mm. Um, but yeah, and just didn't want to, I didn't really talk to anyone, not really responding. So like if mum and Christian would come, mum and Christian were the only ones that came to visit me mm. when I was on this ward. Um, and they'd say sometimes we'd just sit there and you wouldn't like say anything for, for hours. So eventually I guess I came out of that intense psychosis and started to get a bit of um a bit of myself back like a little bit at least I could communicate um to them and things so yeah I think I was in the the intensive unit for about two weeks and then I was given um some some visiting leave so I could go down to the cafeteria and see Olive um and things and give her a cuddle and give her a bottle and things like that so that's nice yeah that is nice yeah 
when you were there, um, were they trying to figure out exactly what was going on with your brain chemistry or, cause I know in research, I think they don't know exactly what causes postpartum psychosis. Were they doing anything like medication wise or anything trying to help? I was definitely on some pretty strong medications. I was on um, antidepressants and antipsychotics for quite a while, even after I came out of hospital. Um, I stayed on those. Um, and I know those really sedated me because when I came home and I was at home with Christian and Olive, you know, I'd have my medication at night time. And basically that was it. I was out for 12 hours sleeping. So Christian was the one getting up to Olive, doing the bottles um, and things. In terms of my brain chemistry or why it happened, I don't recall anything um, kind of being discussed about that. In my own research, I've seen like it's very uncommon, you know, one in a thousand women this can happen to. And I guess even after... I went through this and I've listened to a few podcasts myself. Mm. A lot of them is, um, it's a few weeks, like they go home in a few weeks later, they develop this. So I'm really intrigued as to how it happened so quickly and yeah. so intensely. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Mm. Yeah. Cause it seems like pretty much you gave birth and then all of a sudden you had a couple of hours and that was it. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. And like, yeah, my birth was, well, like, as I said before, it went pretty much exactly how I thought it would. And I would say within, yeah, 24 hours, something wasn't quite right or whether my body and mind couldn't, just couldn't handle the hormones that were going through um, birth and breastfeeding and everything. And then I think it just escalated from there. Yeah. And so what was the next question I had for you? I had a question. So you're, you're still there, but you're at least now able to go out and see all of in the cafeteria and things. So at this point, what is the next step that they've decided to take? Like the doctor? So um, while the, while I was in PICU, I, um, I underwent electroconvulsive therapy or ECT as they call it, which is a, um, it's where they, a seizure is electronically induced. Mm -hmm. um, so you're put under um, general anesthetic, put to sleep, and they give you the, the seizure. Um, I hadn't heard of it before I had Olive. Um, and because I was um, a sectioned patient under the Mental Health Act, I wasn't choosing to have this. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, that's what my doctor said you need to have. Yeah. Um, so I started off having it three times a week, which to me sounds a lot, like getting put to sleep and um, having this. And it's quite rough. I remember getting really bad migraines afterwards and not feeling, um, not feeling great after. Yeah. ECT so um, yeah I had ECT three times a week to start with and then I think I had my last so that started in June 2019 and I had my last one in January 2020 and I think I was down to having maybe one ECT 
a month or every three weeks or so. Um, so quite far down. So because I was sectioned under the Mental Health Act, mm-hmm. um, it had to go to tribunal. So my mum and Christian, um, yes, they went with lawyers and psychiatrists and um, things like that. And they determined that I was to have the therapy. Um, And then when I became a voluntary patient, because I I went in and out of hospital about three times. When I was back in hospital as a voluntary patient, I chose to continue to have that therapy because it was the right therapy for me and it worked. Yeah. For me, I remember my mum saying, uh, even after your first one, kind of, you came out of it and you said like you went back to yourself but that's what you were saying like I'm back I can like I can speak I can communicate like I know who you are and um yeah I got some of my um some of myself back after that so yeah I chose to continue ECT after that so it went for about six months from the three sessions a week down to one every three weeks okay and did, when they decided on ECT, do you feel like they properly explained to you what that was and what that would look like and the benefits of it? Or Because I remember, I think you said vaguely, like, um, it wasn't your choice. It was basically just, like, that's what they said you needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think at that point, I, I wasn't able to consent to anything. Like, I couldn't, um, I couldn't communicate. I couldn't, I guess, understand I'm sure I sat in on the tribunal so they could see how I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a total of two or three um, of the tribunals and I'm sure they attempted to speak to me about it. Mm-hmm. But I know that my mum and Christian like had me covered. Like they wouldn't have let anything go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you started it, so basically they put you under anesthesia they do it and then you wake up and you said you got the migraines after that yeah yeah so I I don't know if it's from the I'm sure it's from the seizure or getting put to sleep or a mixture of both um but I bought it up maybe after the first or second time and then I actually got Panadol through my drip as I was having them and it helped a lot so yeah. And do they explain what is what is it about that therapy that would be beneficial? Because my aunt, um, they were actually going to do it for my aunt. She had split personality. Uh, yep. Yeah, they didn't end up doing it, but I know that they recommended it for her as well. Do you know the, like, the science behind it at all? I don't, and I don't want to try and attempt to say that <laughs> yeah, I do. I understand it. <laughs> I know that when they did it before I fell asleep, I remember they put like gel and the pads on different areas of my brain but apart from that I really have no no idea how it works um I just know that it worked for me and how long were you um in the hospital getting this done until you were able to come home so the first time I was in for about three weeks And then I'm not exactly sure on time. I think I was in for about three weeks and then I gave, kept, maybe came home for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then there was one night where, and I mean, I wasn't back to, when I say I came home from hospital after that three weeks, I wasn't like recovered. Mm-hmm. But 
like I still had, um, I guess, depression symptoms, anxiety symptoms. I was still on antipsychotics um, and I still wasn't acting like my normal self before Olive. Yeah. I think I was home for about two weeks and then there was an incident where me and Christian were in bed one night and I'd been asleep and I heard people on the street or people leaving like a house nearby and it was quite loud and it woke me and startled me and really scared me okay. um, and then I guess I just I went back to a point where I wasn't okay mm-hmm. and I wasn't I guess, safe to be at home and out of hospital and that's when I was a voluntary patient and went back to the hospital but I went back on one of the wards so I wasn't back in the same area that I was before where I guess I couldn't um, I certainly wasn't like restrained or anything again um, I could leave my room and um, I guess go, go to some common areas within that ward but yeah I wasn't I wasn't capable of being at home with Olive yet again yeah and I was back in hospital again for I think a couple of weeks and then came home for quite a while maybe a month I know Christian Christian had three months off work from when Olive was born and I think it was almost like the week he was due to go back and I'd been at home for about a month um and I mean my mum was supporting us heaps as well like staying over or she would come there throughout the day because I think it was the week Christian was due to go back to work and there was another episode that happened where I went back to hospital I'm not exactly sure how long I was in hospital again, but I was having ECT, um, having ECT throughout that time. Even when I was at home, I was still going in for ECT and coming home. But that was, yeah, the last time I had to be hospitalised. And then I was home. So I think from maybe like mid-September, October. So Olive was born at the end of May. And yeah, from October, I was home. Yeah, amazing. And how were your mom and husband coping during this time as well? Like, obviously, this is a whole new side of you that they've never seen because I think if I'm correct, you haven't had any past mental health issues. No, nothing. um, No diagnosed mental health issues before that. Um, I've got a really, I might get emotional here. You don't have to share if you don't want to. Sorry. No, it's okay. If you don't want to talk about it, that's that's totally fine. We can skip on to a different question. Um, putting yourself in a vulnerable place. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's so weird. I can I can talk about myself, and then as soon as it's someone else, yeah, it's my little button. Um, I have a really big family Mm. and I think they all just really rallied together. Yeah, they all just really supported each other um, to get through it. Yeah, that really solid rock between your partner and family, which is incredible. Yeah, 
um, between yeah my partner and my mom and sisters and dad and, and Christian's family it's yeah they all just really came together that I remember them saying that they all had like their little roles to play mm. so like yeah my mum had Olive I guess through the night and then my one of my sisters lived with them so she would take like the early morning shift and lots of visits but um being respectful and mindful of not too many people coming around Olive um obviously because she's so so young mum was really cautious of that and um I think yeah I just took up so much of Christian's time that um I'm just so thankful of that well they love you and they're yeah. willing to do anything for you which is incredible and so beautiful yeah yeah the best yeah I'm so glad that you had such a supportive network and that immediately yeah. when you came home they realized that hey she needs help and we're gonna believe her and yeah that's incredible and I just think how, how scary it would be for someone who didn't have that kind of support around them or mm. you know like like so quickly after giving birth to Olive not being able to take care of her like I just feel so lucky that I had um I had so many people that would have stepped up to take care of it. Yeah, beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. <laughs> and how are you feeling now? Good. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I'm still on some medication, so I'm off antipsychotics. Um, I'm on lithium. It's a mood stabilizer. So... I got put on that just before Olive's first birthday. Mm. Um, and my psychiatrist said, stay on that for two years and we'll see how you go. And to me, that's just huge. Like, it's like when she's going to be almost three that I can, I guess, come off it. And I've never been one to like medication. I, I like, I don't even like really taking like Panadol or mm. Nurofen. Like, I just, I really hated the idea that I was going to be on something. Yeah this for so long um but now it is, it's just part of my I guess part of my routine and um I've actually got an early referral so I can go in September for a review to see um how that's going but yeah I'm back at work I work four days a week mostly from home which is nice <laughs> is all of um, with you no she's in um she's in daycare three days a week Okay. I'm very lucky she gets to go to her her nonna one week and then her grandma and grandpa the other week on a Wednesday so it's nice that she gets time with them um but yeah I'm good me and Olive have like a wonderful relationship um and it's nice it's nice to know that while I didn't get that initial time with her at the beginning I don't think it's really affected our relationship or our bonding. She knows I'm her mum and she's known for a very long time that I'm her mum. And I think that, yeah, that's one thing that's hard is thinking like, oh, but like what could have been in those first, like that first month or that month or two. And, you know, I feel like I didn't get to experience that newborn phase or anything, but I'm loving the time that I have with Olive now. Like we just have so much fun and she's such a little character. 
yeah I'm well thank you yeah good and what advice would you give other moms that might be noticing symptoms coming up for postpartum yeah um I guess just speak speak to people like be really open I feel like at the beginning I was really open with Christian and mum about like how I was feeling because if it doesn't eventuate to psychosis there's nothing bad about opening up to people or just being um being truthful or yeah if you're if you're hearing things or seeing things or having that those suicidal thoughts just speak to someone even if it's not I mean I always want you to speak to a medical professional but even if it's your partner or family to begin with at least then someone knows and someone can help you figure out what to do next yeah yeah I think that's great advice and exactly like even if you're noticing just minor mental health like anxiety opening up to those around you to get support yeah exactly exactly I feel like any start to motherhood is is tough yeah so anything (laughs) you just can open up about yeah such a benefit Mm. And if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, so I'm on I'm on Facebook and, and Instagram, I guess. <laughs> Lots of lovely pictures and videos of yeah. Ollie. But um, yeah, you can connect, I guess, through the Onus Collaborative as well. Yeah, and I'll be sure to attach your information in the bio. And then when I put up the post, I'll tag you in it. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story today. Honestly, it, I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's really good to hear someone who's had this experience and how they've come out on the other side. And again, for that like really emotional piece when you were talking about your family, I appreciate you also sharing that information as well. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. We want to thank Adeline so much for coming on today and sharing her story. This is a huge component that there that isn't talked about when it comes to postpartum, especially postpartum psychosis. I'm so thankful that, you know, she was able to go to a hospital where they actually did the research and were able to figure out that, yes, there was something going on and that she needed more support and that she had such a supportive family around her as well. If you're interested in reaching out to Adeline, I have her contact information in the bio section so you can reach out to her there. And thank you so much for visiting. If anyone would like to come on the podcast to share their story about motherhood or womanhood, feel free to email us at hello at theonestcollaborative.com. We'd love to have you on. And if you're a provider looking to come on to share information, make sure you go ahead and get signed up. You can even sign up for free and then email us at hello at theonestcollaborative.com to let us know what you'd like to talk about. All right. Thanks so much for visiting. See you all next week. Bye. her contact information in the bio section so you can reach out to her there and thank you so much for visiting if anyone would like to come on the podcast to share their story about motherhood or womanhood feel free to email us at hello at theonestcollaborative.com we'd love to have you on and if you're a provider looking to come on to share information make sure you go ahead and get signed up you can even sign up for free and then email us at hello at theonestcollaborative.com to let us know what you'd like to talk about all right thanks so much for visiting see you all next week bye